106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Good morning, Vietnam! Here's Johnny. He told me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You're going to need a bigger boat. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I love you. I know. Say hello to my little friend. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. So welcome. Are you still watching? Uh, before we begin, just want to thank everybody for listening, sharing, giving us feedback, supporting us. You know, for the last few weeks, and I know we took two weeks off, and we kind of dropped numbers. I was telling the guys that we dipped a little bit, but I think we're gonna kind of revamp the show um, to have little segments and actual direction instead of us kind of beating around the bush to figure out where we're gonna talk while we're doing the show. So. We're trying to be professional, guys, so bear with us. It's going to take a couple episodes, but I think we have a pretty good structure moving forward. Um, if you guys do want to help the show out a little bit extra and kind of help us get to a better quality standpoint, we got a Patreon link down below, and there's actually a few tiers for everybody to sign up. So I know not everybody can afford, you know, like the $30 a month tier, so we have smaller tiers, but you do get stuff as a patron, um, I know we sent Manny a sticker or a print. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, so he got a little a little extra for being one of our patrons for a little bit. And uh, you can also expect some more like behind the scenes stuff. I'm going to try and do like an outtake episode every month since we do start recording these shows like before we start talking on the show. <laughs> I think there's there's plenty of gold in the in the pre the pre roll stuff, but uh, you got to pay for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so let's get to the movie. Uh, show this week is Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Colin Salmon, Aless- Alexi Serbria. I don't know how to say her name, and uh, a very legendary. Uh-huh. Rapper, Say it. <laughs> we got RZA, RZA, R- RZA <clears throat> is in this just, movie as well. <laughs> as you said his name, I hold my hands up above my head. That's how y'all could see me. I was like, "Say it." <laughs> and this was written by Derek Kolstad. <clears throat> and uh, I'll give you a quick little synopsis of it. The bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord, all for a kitty cat bracelet. I love that. That's that, that was the thing that sent him over the edge. She <laughs> just wanted the kitty cat bracelet. Man. Uh, give, give me the fucking kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> um, so this movie was released on March 26, 2021, with an estimated budget of $16 million. Uh, worldwide gross was... Just over fifty-five. Uh, it was fifty-five four oh five, fifty-five million four hundred five thousand. And the thing that surprised me with it was it was only an hour and thirty-two minutes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was really short. I say surprised because you figure for 
like we were talking earlier, a John Wickish movie, you would figure it to be about two hours, maybe two hours, 20 minutes. And this was an hour and a half. Um, it flowed very quick. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it, but that was, I thought it was a little too fast. The pacing was too fast. Mm-hmm. Frank, you want to elaborate since you, uh, you have a strong opinion? I mean, it's not, it's, you're making me sound like the bad guy now. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it, but I didn't think it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's like a movie I've seen before. I've seen it with John Wick. Like I told you, I've seen it with um, what other movie did I tell you? With Kiss of the Dragon. I've seen this movie before. Like, I mean, the only thing that really wowed me was seeing um, what's his name? The actor's name. Bob yeah, seeing him in a different light like this. Like we're used to seeing him in Breaking Bad as a lawyer, a slimy lawyer, and now he's like a kick ass guy. I saw a comment that fits it perfect. Like Bob Odenkirk, Rizza, and Christopher Lord is the strangest action duo I ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like seeing those three together was like what the hell? <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Um, yeah, that's why I liked it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of Rizzo, um, off topic, there's a routine documentary I suggest people check out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a, it's a documentary on Hulu on Showtime, on Showtime actually. That I suggest people check out. And there's actually going to be a show coming out on Hulu that I'm really excited for. Nice shout out. But I, I feel what you're saying, like like you've seen it before, because it is the same writer that wrote uh, John Wick and stuff like that. So this seems to be his maybe formula or his stitch, if that makes sense. Like, like these, he likes making action movies like this. And I, I love the way the action is shot. Maybe character wise, it could have been fleshed out a little bit more because it's a 92 minute movie so it doesn't really have a lot of fat but like we said I think like that was the whole point of the movie seeing Bob Odenkirk in this new light and he's kicking ass he's shooting guns and he looks believable doing it the only thing that I didn't like about it was like you guys said the trio of heroes I guess (laughs) because you have Bob Odenkirk, who, like Frank said, is usually like a slimy lawyer or some kind of slimy looking dude. Like he does slimy looking shit. And this guy's just a professional. He's a, I believe they called him an accountant or an auditor for. Yeah, auditor. yeah, yeah, yeah the auditor. auditor. So, I mean, that was a different character portrayal. But then you have this freaking 180 from being Saul Goodman to. Nobody who can just kick ass. And then you have his dad, Christopher Lloyd, who's popping fools with a sawed off while he's in his little his little love seat or I don't know, I guess a recliner. <laughs> so they're three badasses and you just, you don't expect it. And it, it did throw me off. Like I figured it was gonna be more about Bob Odenkirk's character, but then you get, you know, this whole climactic ending and there's Russians involved, so it does tie into that John Wick world. Um, but yeah, the three heroes kind of kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> I think everybody was just like, like, okay, 
uh, Rizzo's like the half brother because when he talks to him and you just like they're not related. This is probably like a military thing or like a work <laughs> thing for what he used to be, and it's just like oh no, they're actually related. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I mean I don't know the because you, you like Frank said you do have a repeat of everything. But I, I feel like a lot of movies nowadays or a lot of different series are all just kind of reboots of an older mm. older movie, an older version of it. Like it's the same story, just, a, a, you know, different characters. And mm. I don't know, like I said this when we were talking Star Wars, I felt like Episode 7 was A New Hope just redone with a different Death Star. It's, Frank's going to say it's blasphemous, but that was my opinion mm. of it. And I kind of get where he's coming with this because you do see a lot of the same similarities from John Wick. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's like, uh, it's like that saying, it's like everything under the sun. It's like he pretty much saying everything. It's just like, you, you never really want to like reinvent the wheel, so to speak. You just like that. You find new things to make it better. And stuff like that. Like you said, it's the same story uh, as John you know, it's John Wick. You know, it's a little different and stuff like that. But I think that's what they were going for. It's like instead of Keanu Reeves, it's Bob Odenkirk. Instead of you know uh, a dog guy, Ted Kitty, bracelet and stuff like that. And then like uh, what I like the stuff that it was like he was just a guy that was like super repressed. Like he was just going through the motions of life. And we have like the scene where. The uh, the man and the woman break into him, and so when his son just fucking hops off the stairs, and he has the guy in the headlock, and he's there with the golf club, and he he's ready to smash the lady heads, and he just kind of like gives up on it. And later on, you feel you find out like why he didn't do what he was going to do to them, but at the time, you just like God, this guy's a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, they literally came to your home and stuff like that. Your son is like beating the shit out of one of them. You just got to step up a little bit, and he's just like. Can't do it. All because of a pizza box in the garage door, by the way. So, yeah. To me, like, it kind of shows, like, the progression of him, like, letting that inner bull or tiger in him out. Because later on, you have, like, where the Russians come to the house and he just, like, he puts his family in the cellar and he's like, don't call 911. Frank, do you have anything to add? <laughs> oh, I mean, just just laid it out pretty perfect there. <laughs> What'd you say? You laid it. You laid it out pretty perfect right there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I think. So, like that, like it, it shows like the little contrast. It's like it's the same plot, kind of to John Wick, so just little different things and stuff like that because I, I we wouldn't have believed him playing this character is like it's like what i tell everybody that what i told you guys it's like my most wall factor was seeing him in this this uh part mm-hmm. but it's like a movie i've seen before so I, I i mean if they put like keanu reeves or nicholas cage or someone like that in this part i think i would have imagined nicholas cage in that part that would have been pretty cool Oh man, that was crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Connor just put the bunny in the bag. But instead it's like, where is the the bunny bracelet? <laughs> oh man. 
That the movie would have been ten times more stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Ah shit. Okay, so overall though, what did you think of Bob Odenkirk's character as you know this bad assassin dude who can break into cars and steal them and shoot guns and beat the crap out of I don't know how many dudes are on the bus of them, but I mean, <laughs> what, what did you think of that? It's good. I mean, his character yeah, was great. I, I loved his character. Um, he played it to a T, and I guess the whole thing is like, like not just us, but I'm guessing everyone is only used to seeing him as a lawyer. They're not yeah. used to seeing him as this part, so. It's like, I guess it's like saying, seeing, I don't know, like, when you see Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell did something like this, or someone, you know, that's out of their element doing this. I guess that's what mm-hmm. they're, uh, that's what they're, uh, that's what they're going for. They're opening the eyes for the character and for the actor. You, you got people who remember him from the 90s when he was doing comedy. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, is he, he did a shitload of comedy in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Goes to being a slimy lawyer for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And then now you have this, which, like you guys said, I think it's going to throw everybody off because they're not used to seeing a, I mean, a bad motherfucker (laughs) beating everybody up. They're used to him, you know, cowering in fear when Walter White walks into the, the office and he's threatening them and all this crap. And then you see this Bob Odenkirk, you're like, all right, this guy's old, but he can, he can do it. I just got to point out on the bus scene and stuff like that. Was that dude a black Russian? Because <laughs> 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 I saw that, I was like, I was like, I was like, all time. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, it's just a random black guy with a whole bunch of Russians. And then I think like, like it's like a line down, like he's like, I never, he's like, I never met a black Russian. And the guy's like, I get there a lot, and I was like, mm. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the uh, behind the scenes things we're getting. We're going to get to the bottom of that, but you got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was telling these guys uh, earlier, too, is this guy that I follow on Instagram was part of the film crew and one of the camera operators. So I'm going to try and get him on so we can talk about it. And I really want to talk about that particular scene anyways, the the whole bus fight scene, because it looks like it's done in an actual bus and it's not something that, you know, it's a half of a bus and the camera's moving around. And the way that that scene was shot just to me was like one of the better scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause you have, you know, the, the drink being spilled on the lens and it splatters the, the front element and you see all that. And then all the bone breaking and stabbing. And I thought it was done very, very well for a fight scene. And it was, close to a Bob Odenkirk John Wick that we got in this movie. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think uh, like John Wick, so to speak, helped brought in these particular uh, new wave of like action was how they're actually showing the action instead of like the shaky cam and stuff like that. Because, you know, uh, you have David Lynch who, who directed uh, John Wick. Oh, he was like the co-director. Him and Chad Stanley. They they directed stuff like that. They also did like Atomic Blonde. Well, no, no, one of them did Atomic Blonde. They they co-directed John Wick. 
Yeah. And David, he did Atomic Blonde, he did Deadpool 2, he did Fast and Furious, the span of Hobbs and Shaw. And you got Chad Stanley, who's, uh, you know, he's a stuntman in, in uh, a film director. He also does like second units or like the action scenes. Uh, he, he's done all the John Wick movies. And he's he was uh, the second unit director for Captain America Civil War and Birds of Prey. So I, I, I like that they're bringing in, like I said, like these new ways of like American action movement where like you actually see the fight scenes and stuff like that that you see a lot of like Hong Kong cinema or like the movies like The Raid. And so I think like that's very cool and stuff like that. Like uh, if you were able to get this uh, person that worked on the film and stuff like that as a camera operator, he can like walk us through like how they went about it. So because they, I'm pretty sure like they film it totally different and probably how other directors film stuff with that because, you know, they done second unit and stuff like that. And the guy that made Nobody, he also did Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, you know, uh, who other directors he have worked with and stuff like that and, and compare it to, like, see how they go about, like, doing the action and people that actually, like, Stuntmans and stuff like that, and second unit doors, how they go about doing and stuff like that. So that that'll be pretty cool. Like if we were able to like talk to them. One thing that's tripping me out is uh, the fight scene in the bus is so clean. Like it's not yeah. super shitty, like you said. There's smooth camera movements, and they're not a lot of quick cuts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when these guys get splattered against uh, one of the railing, you see the blood kind of pop out from his mouth and it stays there the entire time. So the the continuity is great, too. Mm-hmm. And the way there, you know, he pulls the knife out of his side and he starts stabbing everybody mm-hmm. else. And it's a very clean, but like gritty fight scene. And then mm-hmm. there's comic relief there, too, when he's strangling the dude with the uh, the pull to stop. <laughs> Like it, it mixes well, and then he goes and saves the little white kid with the straw and the knife because he can't breathe because he busted him up so bad that. Mm-hmm. So you see like nobility from Odenkirk's character too because he doesn't want to kill these dudes. He's just he's there to fuck them up, and I, I I I don't know. I thought it was it was nice. It was very nice. You you maybe like think of something like uh, it's a it's a channel on YouTube. Well, it's a guy he used to do like, I guess like video essays and stuff like that. It's called mm-hmm. every frames of painting. And he did one about American cinema on action versus he was using like Jackie Chan as an example. And I thought about it like it was, and he showed like Jackie Chan earlier movies and like rush hour and stuff like that. And like how he went about Jackie Chan has like so much freedom when he's not making American films like compared to back then and like they he would do hundreds of takes to get it right and he also had a lot of like comedy wood and stuff like that well when rush hour it was probably like a bigger production they didn't have as much time to go about and stuff like that so they just kind of had to kind of like edit it and stuff like that and i think that's probably what we're trying to do with some of these like american action films now not all of them some of movies like these, like the John Wick and stuff like that, like because Keanu Reeves, he fucking does it. Like I have oh, yeah. my opinion of him as you know an actor and stuff. I think like he's very limited. 
and stuff like that, which is no problem. He he sticks to his lane, but he does the stunt work. He does the gun work and stuff like that. That's him doing it. And when you watch this and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure they have a stunt done for Bob Odenkirk, but most of it, like, you, you can watch it. That's him going through it. That's him learning it. And you can tell, like, that I, I will, I'm willing to bet not money because I'm going through financial stuff, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm willing to go and say like, you know, you can find some behind the scenes stuff with them, like training him and trying to get like his body not in like peak performance, but like good enough. I think he was training for like two years for this movie. Yeah, I was reading that right. Yeah, I read it. It was doing like two years of training for this movie. I don't want nobody to think I'm fucking living in a box or car when they're listening to this. It's like, we got to give them a go first. <laughs> I'm, planning, I'm planning a trip. I'm planning a trip. <laughs> that's what You're making is. adult decisions with your money. That's, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm planning a trip. <laughs> is there an update on him? On the... Uh, yeah. Like the, the, I know he went to the said, hospital every, a few weeks back. Yeah, it, it was like a small heart attack. But they said he's recovering. But yeah, what yeah. happened? You could, yeah. I think he tweeted out or put out a message uh, like yesterday, the day before, that he's doing great and he'll be back mm-hmm. soon. So it's interesting how like, like things like that can they how they worded it. Like when they was like, "Oh, he had a, a heart related problem," and you just like a heart attack. I know. Just name what the hell it is. Don't don't beat around the bush. Um, sounds like he was getting some side effects. Some what? Some side effects. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Ouchie, ouchie. Yeah, I don't, you know. Don't want to speculate. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was filming, you know, Better Call Saul, and that's like <laughs> Albuquerque. And you guys have been to, uh, that's like uh, New Mexico and stuff like that. I'm, it gets fucking hot, I'm, I imagine. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, it ain't I, that bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Compared to, like, to us, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's just a little. Uh, it's just dirty. It's a little rough up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading here that Bob Odenkirk himself has had two break-ins occur at his own home, and one was extremely traumatic for his family. So he had his own complicated and difficult feelings on the subject, and brought the brought those into the conversation regarding the shaping of the story and the character, because. It says here that the quote is, you wish you had always done more. Does that mean he wished that he really did beat up some intruders in his own home? Or are you talking about <laughs> You know what they say, man. You probably got, you got some people live through their art. He probably was just like, you know, let make a movie about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I would have done for a kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad Bob Odenkirk didn't like, you know, beat up intruders coming into stuff. That could have been terrible. <laughs> yes, people. If you somebody breaks, just let them take what they want and let them leave. Don't shoot them in the back. Cause that's how you go to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, no, no, no. That's how you go to prison. <laughs> so I'm reading here that uh, Daniel Bernhardt, one of the goons on the bus, was one of the guys who helped train Bob Odenkirk to fight. Mm. I guess. Damn. Okay, cool. I can see that because uh, they, they don't have like, you know, like uh, like stunt guys and people that help behind the scenes. Like they'll have them in like the action scene and stuff like that. And they get fucked up. 
Um, so let's talk about the end because it kind of spirals out of control. They go back to what it's a paper or a bar, it's some kind of factory, right? That yeah, he yeah. just acquired. Yeah. Yeah, with the gold bars. Yeah. yeah. See again, John Wick reference, you have the gold coins and this one he just got, you know, gold bars because they're not fancy like that. <laughs> um so I know there's a lot of like exaggerated I guess like action sequences at the end because like he sets up all these home alone booby traps. Ooh, I yeah. thought she was gonna say that Claymore scene. I was like hey. <laughs> Oof. I really think that would have killed him. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> And the way he just runs out like a hero and then it blows up and he goes one way and the other guy just gets fucked up. Yeah. But then Bob Odenkirk gets up and he's like, all right, let's go. The panel was probably the, pretty, pretty, the best one. With, uh, with, the, with the shield and all that? And the yeah. Okay. yeah. I think that was probably the, <laughs> a little over the top, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was one of the things like when I saw it and stuff like that. Like I, I enjoyed it. It's just I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, oh, okay, <laughs> you, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like when you watch something, you see something, like you, you, you go along with it, but it's still like you just like, yo, he, they really did this. Okay, it was interesting. Uh, the creativity with the booby traps and mm-hmm. the way that they kind of. And they did this so quick too. Is the the way they made him go to the little mouse maze and just fucked them up the entire time when they're on the stairs and the hallways. Like it didn't matter. But I thought it was pretty cool. The creativity wise, like you don't. A lot of times, like you see, like the quick deaths, or like in John Wick, it's just straightforward. He's gonna shoot him in the head, and he's gonna just walk through, you know, the the bathhouse and get to his guy. And this one, like they made it a maze, and it was enjoyable to see the, I guess, the deaths or the way that they killed them in a non-narcissistic, sociopathic way. I love the psychology behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're, since we're like at towards the end and so they're like, what do you think? Like they're talking about maybe like a crossover with John Wick. Like from what I was reading, like it's nothing like serious about it. Cause you know, they're by different studios like Lion Gate, I believe has uh, John Wick. And I think Universal has nobody. And like, so it'll probably like from what I was reading, it's at small and like sort of ways like Easter egg instead of a, a cinematic universe. I, I, I read that it was, it was, it was probably in the John Wick universe, but maybe I could be wrong. Mm. I think uh, we'll see a crossover soon. Yeah, I think a crossover would be kind of cool because you have, I guess, like a normal dude that isn't in the, what do you call them? Bounty Hunters? The the John Wick universe? Or what would you call them? Assassins. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I, I, I've been watching too much The Wire, and I was going to say, the game, then the game. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a drug trade. I'm sorry. We talking about assassins. <laughs> well, because they do have to go after people with contracts. So, mm-hmm. are they really assassins? Or are they bounty hunters? 
Like we need to <laughs> we need to try to get uh, the writer on here too. <laughs> like, the, the thing with um nobody is he was an accountant, so he went and fixed things, I guess. So I think that's how you would differentiate that John Wick universe versus where mm. Hutch Manzel, you know, his world. So I'm like, would he get hired to hunt down John? Yeah. Because he did work for the CIA, so I was like, that would, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to the creative people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to them. I'm over here beating my head against the wall, trying to come up with a nobody, John, with crossover, not going to see a cent of this money, probably get a, de- <laughs> a, a defamation <laughs> suit. I'll leave that to them. <laughs> So if you're reading the spoilers on IMDb, there's a couple of tie-ins to John Wick. Um, One of them is, in one scene, Hutch flicks out an empty magazine from his rifle the same way John Wick does in John Wick Chapter 2. And then the song The Impossible Dream was played in the movie. It was the trailer song from John Wick 3 Parabellum. And then you have another, oh, you have a tie-in to Birds of Prey where uh, a scene where Yulian beats one of the thugs uh, in the hospital bed mm-hmm. is similar to when Harley Quinn goes and jumps on that dude's legs in the club. Okay. <laughs> and I'm doing like, uh, it's kind of got like some connections to uh, Atomic Blonde. Like, I don't have, have you guys saw Atomic Blonde? I liked it in Atomic Blonde. I, I didn't see it, no. Uh, I didn't like, see it. The plot is like kind of convulsive and stuff like that. Like it's one of the things like they like the plot just keeps going and stuff. But the action scenes are great. Shireen don't like that's a lady that really goes out like like her and like Keanu Reeves like they do that shit for real. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool. Like how they have like these little like tie-ins and stuff like. Like I said, like these are all people that work together like the directors of John Wick like those two guys and then they branched off to do their own things and then you have this writer who wrote all of John Wick and nobody so like I was like that that's pretty cool like that I guess they're just trying to do like their own little thing of making uh America action cinema so overall in closing I'll start with Frank would you tell people to stream this because it is six bucks we did have to pay for this uh, to watch this week, but would you have <laughs> people wait until it's free, or would you recommend paying the six bucks? I uh, wait till it's free. Just yeah. watch John Wick. I would say wait until it's free. No, not because just say like watch John Wick. So because I'm like, if you're paying for, if I want to pay for a movie, I want to I want to pay for like a like a Suicide Squad type movie or a, uh, you know something nothing mean something good. Mm. I, I would tell you stuff like that because if you're already paying for like, you know, some people have cable or if you have HBO Max, Netflix, Disney Plus, it kind of feels like double dipping a little bit. It's like you're paying for all these streaming services and you can you can put this movie on one of them on one of them. I did feel a little betrayed when I couldn't find it on any of them. Yeah. And like Amazon, it's like, it's like come on. It, it just kind of feels like double dipping and stuff like that. It's like, come on, man. And you know it's going to end up on one of them eventually. I think it'll go to Netflix first. Okay. Let's see it on Netflix. Yeah. I'm going to carry it. And a Netflix uh, 
it'll be in a Netflix like top ten, and like it'll be like number five for some reason. Yeah, like some kind of random. Oh, it's number five this week. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. Like it, it's, I believe it's a Universal movie. And uh, does Universal do, would they do they have do they have their own streaming service? Like would it be on like a Paramount? I don't know. Wasn't but, yeah. it? Um, I think it's supposed to go to that Paramount Plus. No, um, that's what I would be thinking. I hate that there's so many freaking services that you don't really. Yeah. You don't know who's who belongs to who. I know Jackass is going to Paramount Plus. Really? Mm-hmm. Not not right away, but like forty forty days after its theater release. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. okay. I was saying, like, uh, I mean, like COVID has like changed the release service and stuff, and like you know, like you got like you you know how how Disney have like the Access Plus. Yeah. For but yeah, but they they're also going to be releasing. Uh, what movie? I don't. I, I think it's their eternal, but it might be something else that they're going to release, and it's not going to be available for access. But it's just going to be straight in the theaters. So, do you think these companies are trying to get back into releasing in movies? Because I know we had was it two people sue Disney for the theatrical releases <laughs> this week? No, it was, um, it was what's her name? It was Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, it was her. She's from Black them. Widow. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, well, the judge threw it out. You know, you're dumb. You said you're dumb. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? What's her name? Uh, Coella Deville is going to sue too, but she decided against it. She didn't want to look foolish. Ha, ha, has it been thrown out? Like, I don't even think it's. Been yeah, it got it. thrown out. I thought it got thrown out. The, you don't come after the mouse. Mm. That's what the judge said. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I was like, I gotta read more. Too. But yeah, it, 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 the, the, I think the, Josh the, missed the, the mouse impression. You do that one more time for a soundbite, Ria. That's not that. Did you see some that South Park episode where, where the door stays? Oh. <laughs> where, they just, um, where Mickey Mouse comes around and yelling at them and, uh, and then every every other sentence, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Speak, but yeah, I, I, like I said, like Frank said, like it got thrown out. I, I, I got to go read more into it and stuff like that. But it, it was just like, you know, contract stuff and there, because, you know, they don't have to split that money with anybody like Disney owns Disney Plus, of course. And that's just fucking just money for them. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I don't want to mess with the mouse, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's not right? It's like when, it's, when Metallica tried to sue Napster, what do they need? Another gold fountain in their house? Nah, they're fine. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a contract. It was, I, was, I was like, that's what people get like, they think about, oh, this person mm-hmm. has millions of dollars, but this, I'm like, they're suing a fucking corporation. <laughs> it's not like they're suing a person. It's not like Scarlett Johansson is suing you. Maybe Frank wants her to sue him. <laughs> I'm fine. You got a suit fetish, Frank. <laughs> huh? Oh, God. 
Anyways, fellas, I think we're done here today before it gets a little on the creepy side. <laughs> and when I mean by Sue Fish, I mean men and women Sue and Frank and that gets them off now. <laughs> Um, so keeping that for a bonus episode this week, hopefully we can get Mr. TJ Witt on the show so we can talk about that one scene in particular and just kind of like the, the process of getting to where they got with that scene. Cause I thought it was one of the better ones in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, if you guys like the show, um, hit that sub button on iTunes and Spotify, share it with everybody. And if you guys want to help us out a little bit more, because I'm trying to set Frank and Josh up with a little studio to record stuff in. But um, that takes some funding, and the best way you can do that was a Patreon. So we would appreciate some extra help for the show. You guys got anything to add before we uh, say bye-bye? Don't break into uh, Bob <coughs> Odin Curry's house. Yeah. Don't take the uh-huh. kitty cat. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Don't mess with the mouse. This guy. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. D is silent. I know.